0: at the bank Just a little love From the back and the side and above Just a little brotherly show
1: Uh, Joey Elias can't wait. He's going to be here in studio when we're joined by that dude right there. Mr. Dan Byrne is going to be making up songs on the spot, singing some older ones, some classic ones, some brand new ones ahead of his performance at Hurley's Irish pub, 1225 Crescent street on Saturday evening after seven 30. Uh, Dan is not just a singing sports jukebox. Although you wouldn't know it from this show and the Tornik Hornheiser show in Washington, but, uh, Make sure you're listening between 2 and 4, at the very least, for Dan on Friday. And then there are about two pairs of tickets left online for his performance Saturday night at Hurley's. If you miss out, you could get uh, a few tickets might be left at the pub at 1225 Crescent Street. Billy Bob Productions brings you Michael Farber every Monday at this time. How you doing?
2: Yeah, I'm good. There's a little bit of uh, Dylan ring and a fall in that. Yeah. yeah well,
1: uh, Dan, uh, Dan was one of those new Dylans. You know, there were about eight of them <laughs> at various points since the 70s. Uh, and he, like Dylan, he's from the Midwest. He's got that nasally uh, sound. But uh, he, he is uh, – Michael, you know, I've had a lot of people with a lot of brain power in this studio over the years. Yeah. I don't know if anybody – anybody can match Dan to see a guy get information fed to him. And six minutes later, he's got a, a song written and tuned out and playing it live on air for the first time. That takes immense talent. And that's what, he, that's what he's going to be doing on Friday. No kidding. Uh, okay. So I, I want to, you know, obviously I want to get the a lot of stuff, uh, Patrick Juan and Corey Perry, but something broke on Friday. It was already kind of bleak. You had mentioned the, uh, the AI scandal at Sports Illustrated and how embarrassing it was for anybody who had anything to do with that magazine as you so proudly worked there for how many decades? Yeah, 20 years. Yeah. Um, and and now, can you explain to our listeners who are aware that it's on, it's on a death watch here, but how it happened?
2: Uh, I could, but I won't because it involves companies and licensing agreements and I don't think it's terribly relevant to your listeners, Mitch, to be honest. I, I think they're uh, the magazine, uh, as I understand it, is in the process of laying off all union people. Uh, in order to collect severance, you have to work the next 30, 60, 90 days. Some non-union people are there. The interesting or ironic thing is in the next magazine I've got a piece.
1: You've got a piece in course. the next is it possible it might be the last?
2: Yeah, it might be. Uh it's a scorecard essay on hockey and Canada because we know hockey's um, in Canada the NHL is down to forty two percent Canadian uh liner hockey numbers are down, uh, hockey canada registrations on the mail side are down. So we know that Canada is losing its grip internationally, but is you know it, it just, has it lost its grip on Canadians, or people less enamored of the game. So Canada's lost its grip on hockey as hockey lost its grip on Canada. So it's an essay. So Uh, It'll be in the magazine, which is now monthly when it comes out. Since Friday, uh, I've talked to some people, and the two things that come up most, one covers an SI cover and what it meant, and two, strangely enough, the swimsuit edition.
1: Well, not so strangely.
2: Well, I don't know. So what should we discuss here? Well, why can't we do both? All right, let's, let's do both. Now, we'll start with the swimsuit, because I used to joke I worked for the parka edition. Because <laughs> I never got to go on any of these. And I whined. I, I, I really whined. Uh, and finally, in '08 I got sent. And they gave me a choice of three. Uh, Turkey, Mexico, or Italy. And my wife had never been to Italy at that point, so... I said, let's go to Italy. And I, honest to God, I was the guy who read that that issue for the stories because I wanted to see what guys were getting sent to all these places. And I knew it wasn't me. So uh, we went to Naples. Uh, we shot in uh, Pompeii and Herculaneum. Uh, there was one swimsuit model, uh, an Israeli woman, not Bar Raffaeli. And we'd all go out to dinner as a group, and we you know, she wouldn't eat because she said, you know, she was overweight, didn't want to gain weight. So I'm talking to the woman who's running the swimsuit edition. And I said, really? She said, oh yeah, she's borderline right now. So it was a strange and wonderful world because she got to go essentially, it was on vacation, and you know, write five, six hundred words, or you know, basically nothing. And live high off the hog for a couple of days, which is what we did. So I got back from the Beijing Olympics on a Monday, and on Wednesday, we, my wife and I were flying to Italy. Of course, I had to bring her with me. You know, I needed a bodyguard. <laughs> you can't can't leave me alone. You know, you know, model my
1: attack me. Who knows? So
2: that that was the swimsuit edition. I got one.
1: How about a cover?
2: I'll, I'll tell you a cover I didn't get. And that was in 99. We're talking about Buffalo and poor Buffalo and everything bad happens to Buffalo. Well, that was the foot in the crease, right? Brett Hull. Right. Saturday night, triple overtime. I'm up all night writing the story. I'm getting a ride back to Toronto. I'm going to fly to Montreal in the morning. I have not slept a wink. I speak to Bettman, my cell on the ride back. And I do this, uh, you know, I write, a, I guess, about a 3,000-word story on the Stanley Cup final. And now it's Monday night, and it's going to the printer, because that's when it did. And I knew it was going to be the cover. And the phone rings. And it wakes me up, because I'm on the couch. I was watching the Knicks and the Spurs in the NBA final. It's the managing editor, a guy named Bill Colson. And he says, "What do you think of this as a cover line? Stars, wind, tainted cup." And I said, "Well, Bill, I mean, the cup itself isn't tainted." So I, oh no, no, no. okay. What about this? Stars, wind, cup, asterisk. Now, can you explain to your listeners what would that would mean? An asterisk.
1: Well, an asterisk means that uh, there's there's more to the story.
2: And Roger Maris. Right, yeah, sixty one. Sixty one, sure, because Babe Ruth. Well, yeah, he broke uh, the home run record in sixty one. Uh, he hit sixty one in more games than Ruth had. So the commissioner decided, although it actually never quite happened, that this would be greeted with an asterisk. So this is ninety nine people, and you know it was close enough to, in the sports jargon, we knew what that asterisk was. thought oh, that's great. That's great, Bill. I get a call uh, on Tuesday from the baseball editor. He says, you've got to go to Houston. I said, why? Just nine weeks on the road. Oh, it, it, it's a Red Astros series. I said, so what's the story? He says we don't know yet. But on Thursday, you've got to go to Houston, and whoever wins game one, then we'll decide what the story is. I said, you're kidding me. Find somebody else. Oh, no, no, we can't. You have to do this you are apologetic, but I have to go. So I'm just fuming. We had to cancel a little graduation party for my son. I was supposed to go to the NHL draft in Boston in Friday. Out Saturday, Sunday, we're having a party. It's going to be great. And But the good news is I'm going to see this on the cover of Sports Illustrated. So I'm walking through O'Hare, changing planes to go to Houston, and I'm going to stop at the Hudson News or whatever it is and look at that cover of Sports Illustrated, you know, Stars Win Painted Cup asterisk by Michael Farber, and there's the Sports Illustrated cover. Spurs versus Knicks, war on the floor. Uh And I lost it. I mean, I absolutely lost it. And, uh, you know, it turned out, uh, you know, hockey players. I'd be doing a story. They said, "Is this going to be a cover?" And I say, "What do you do? You play football in your spare time? <laughs> You're a hockey player. You're not going to get on the cover." And I probably had as many non-hockey covers, including women's softball at uh, the Athens Olympics and Jeff Francoeur. Uh, when he was a rookie is I had hockey covers because in the old days, yeah, Jean Bellavo's on the cover. Bobby Orr is the sportsman of the year. Uh, that was not my sports
1: illustrated. Right. Do do you think do you know of anybody like you know I was a subscriber for the longest time to Sports sure. Illustrated, even even up until you know I'd be getting updates in my inbox via email about the about the issues. But but I didn't mind I know things are different now, but I didn't mind waiting a few days. Like, to me, of all the covers, and I have them in storage somewhere, like, I don't know why it resonated to me the way that it did, but the U.S. Olympic team winning the gold in 1980, that to me, of all the covers I look at, it's still the one that was so unexpected. But I didn't mind waiting a few days to read the entire account of what happened and how it went down. It's feature writing at its best. do, Do people not want that anymore, or they just don't know what they're missing?
2: Well management didn't and again it's a different world. you know what made that cover so effective in my opinion Mitch the f- no words
1: no, was I was no going to say the line. flag the flag was in 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 it got in the way of uh, a couple of the letters and I, I just it stood out to me yeah no words on the cover
2: no words on the cover and the only other time that I recall is when Mantle died when Mickey Mantle died It was just a shot of Mickey Mantle. And uh, the interesting thing also about your favorite cover was that the uh, Sports Illustrated, it was covered up with the U and the S in the USA. That's that's where it was, in the flat. And go back and look at it again. How about Patrick Waugh? Isn't that something? Uh, Great. I think it's a great hire, and it speaks in part to Lou Amorello and his fascination with all things Montreal Canadiens. We, we have a different kind of relationship because we triangulated in the same places. I went to high school in Providence, uh, grew up in New Jersey, and obviously have lived here since 79. Lou uh, played baseball in Three Rivers, Um loved the Montreal Canadiens because of what they stood for and how they operated, and, of course, his role with the Devil. So we have all kinds of things to talk about when we see each other. And, of course, you look at the Canadiens' Montreal connection to his coaches, um, Pat Burns, Larry Robinson, and, of course, Jacques Lemaire. And so this is this is one more, and I, this, is, this matters to him. The last time I saw Lou, I guess it was just pre-pandemic and I was on the island doing something for TSN and we t- chatted in his office for an hour and a half and, and we were talking a lot about your friend Pat and we talked about Pat Burns' mustache and why it was important for Lou that Pat shave and as Lou's explained it, it was, he said, that mustache represented Pat's ego, his whole swashbuckling self. We don't want egos here. And I explained that to Pat, and Pat understood, and away it went. So now we've seen Patrick with his beard, and Mm -hmm. now Patrick without his beard. And this is why it's such a perfect marriage, because headstrong can work with headstrong. Patrick is a headstrong guy, as headstrong as anyone I've ever met, probably you've ever met. Well, Lou is just the same thing. And they understand that. And Patrick is going to respect that because it's Lou Lamorella. So I think this is a great marriage. Patrick is a savant. He's among the smartest hockey people, not just goalies, hockey people I've ever seen. Uh, Back when he was coaching in junior, he out-coached Teddy Nolan, an ex-Islander coach, in a Memorial Cup. Uh, I think this is going to be a great success. And uh, I'm happy for Patrick. And it, because there are no coincidences in life, the Islanders are here on Thursday.
1: Oh, it's going to be unbelievable. I can't wait maybe two or three years down the line when Patrick becomes less egoless. <laughs> that might be combustible. But in the meantime, enjoy the ride. Thank you as always, Michael. Okay. Take Talk care. to you next Monday. I was very nervous. I won't lie. Um, you know, I, I, you always, you always want to win that first game. And, and, uh, I'm very thankful to our players. I mean, for, for the effort that they put out there. And, um, I was just hoping to give a good show to our fans as well. And, 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 and having them enjoy the, their night after the Islanders beat Dallas in overtime last night, we're coming right back with Aaron Ward and Pierre Maguire on Melnick in the afternoon on TSN 690.